Welcome, citizens. I'm Allie Grauer. And I'm Drew Merzieski. And, and this, this is Warda. Welcome back to Warda. The Ballad of the Open Pages is a one-shot story contained within eight chapters. It was recorded at Gen Con in 2018 using an experimental D20 mechanic of our own devising. We hope you enjoy this peculiar tale. The year is 4801, and the glimpse is The Ballad of the Open Pages, Chapter 5. here to finish out our live game. Uh, the live game ended a little uh, unceremoniously because we ran out of time, uh, but there's more story to tell. So we're going to finish out the story. Uh, we're going to see what happens at the shrub-rich Plowberry wedding and how that's going to go about. Uh, real quick, let me pull up the Google Drive and I will read to you just a reminder of what manifest can and cannot be used for. Uh, manifest can be used for magic. It can be used for rerolls, two manifest per reroll. Um, it can be used uh, for things. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a second. I mean, the reroll was really the important one that we didn't tell anyone. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> All right, let's look at it here. Um, a reroll is two. An automatic success on a d20 is four manifest. You oh. get four manifest? You Or if you spend, want the 20. You want an automatic 20? Cute. Mm. But that doesn't give you a manifest for it. That's fair. Um, and you have to spend manifest when you do conflict. When you do conflict, we're gonna we didn't do that we didn't do that last time, but we're gonna do this. We're time. supposed to, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um magic and spells, healing, etc. Cool. Um can, okay, so you can spend though any wounds from any type you can use manifest. You can use heal. manifest, yes. Okay. Like if I will look at the healing real quick. Oh, real quick. Um the actions, the conflict actions, mm -hmm. uh, offense costs no manifest. Defense is You two. might want to mark this down because we didn't, we I didn't don't, do this Oh no, we did, we did, we, we did. It. It's on there. Yeah. yeah. So to uh, offense costs nothing, right? Mm -hmm. D defense costs two. Feign and taunt cost three, and disengage costs four. Wow! Because oh once you get into, and the idea behind that is that even if you aren't attacking, you will be taking wounds. Yeah. But it's going to cost you if you're trying to defend yourself or to get out of the situation. Yeah. Because once you're in that situation, as in life, you kind of need to finish it. 
So how how would I heal wounds? Because I've got like four. So healing wounds. Give me give me a second. Let me sure. find that. Are they all emotional? Yes. Well, I am a human. Well, there is that. They have feelings. I guess. And because of thing opinions like that, I am socially vulnerable. Just for Pete, myself. for the record, does not actually. Would you have ever Mr. mentioned to Mel the argument that you had with Cam, in the time between having that argument and this point in time right now? Um, if you commented at all on the train ride, like that, she would look like you would be crying. Yeah. Mel um, would have mentioned something. She she would have just said, uh, "Oh, uh, Kim and I got in another artistic debate." Cool. So this is a common thing that's happening with you. Yeah. Oh, this this is it is very common that Emily will will get in an argument with Kim, the traditionalist, about the the nature of music and whether or not it can be uh, improvised upon. You're trying to improvise. Ah, uh, here we go. Classics. So you can spend five manifests to get rid of a consequence. Four manifests to get rid of three wounds, or three manifests to get rid of one of the wounds. Okay. Do the... How are the wounds affecting me right now? Currently, none. Uh, Other than the fact that you know that you have them. Yep. They're leading up to a consequence. Uh, Once you have five wounds, you get a consequence. And a consequence um, is going to, I think, permanently lower... Depending on what type of consequence it is, if it's like a social consequence or mm-hmm. an emotional consequence, um, it lowers one of your ability scores to like zero until mm. it's gone. Mm. <coughs> Woof. Quite. Burn that manifest. Cool. Okay. So, um, do we need to restate who we are? Uh, no. Because this is going to go right into... Okay, so we are continuing on with the story. So the last we left off, um, Kem Mm -hmm. was right in Mel's face and was asking him specifically, um, I don't trust you. So what I want to happen is Kem and Mel are going to get into a conflict. Now this is the first time we're having conflict. So what a conflict is, is you take your d20. You have a d20. Um... We grab our action cards that we have. Um, you get to choose um, an action. I'm choosing that action right there. Um, very nice. Okay. And we're going to roll. And we subtract our interpersonal? <clears throat> um, it's an interpersonal one, so yes. You know, so. I mean, you subtract it if you've got a negative. I've got a negative. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was like, subtract? Sorry. What? I, I will always be subtracting from interpersonal. Yeah. Um, cool. So I got a 15. 15. I got an 18 on that one. So show your card. Okay. We both have an offensive. So we both go in swinging. Um, what this means is that neither one of us win, but neither one of us loses either. We both take... Um, we both take a wound, but we don't take an additional wound like you would if one of them had one. So, we have Mel, and we have Ken, and they both take one wound. And, and uh, first is a, is a tie. 
Cool. Now, by rolling this number, I got an 18, you got a 15, uh, which means it's a success. Um, I believe it is a success with... Do you mind if I use your sheet? Please, I will absolutely. I've got advantage with a cost. Then you have advantage with distinction. Okay. The, the other one. Oh, the other one. Cool. Thank you. Okay. So, choose from that list. You get two. I get one. I know what I'm going to do. Okay. Okay. Ready for the next one? Yes. Okay. Oh, wait. Do we say, like, kind of what we said? Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, act two. Okay. Um... Okay, so Kem begins to lay into Mel. Uh, I'm going to explain my offense. You can explain your offense. He goes directly into this um, and starts to accuse you of basically making people disappear. Um, and as he's saying that, um, and accuses you of literal murder. He's accusing you of murder. Um, what is your response? Um, my response would be something along the lines of you've been just looking for reasons to break up the band. You've always disliked me. Um, yeah, you all you're right about you that. You want to go solo, and you're looking for reasons to break us all up. All right, what's next? Okay, you ready? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, ready? Yeah. All right. Roll your dice. Thirteen. Okay. Um, nice. So show your card. And it was this one. Fame. Ooh, and he famed too. Ooh. <laughs> Double face. Oh man, nice. I feel oh. like that's that, that that happens because you guys are so used to dancing around each other. Yeah. Like. All the time. Like, Mel is so good at, like, dancing away from our questions or suspicions or whatever. Like, you're so evasive. And you're so used to being secretive yourself, Cam, that you're just like... That just happens, and then you're both like, no. Okay, then. I see. You both parry, expecting the blow. We both both go to the side, expecting Mm -hmm. it to be there, and we... um, um, so the thing I chose for my last one was mm-hmm. to inflict an additional wound, but with a social cost. Cool. What is that additional? Um, I choose to bring in Emily. Um, bring like, in to your invoke? conflicts with Emily oh. as a way to kind of deflect. So I literally like talk about how you mistreat Emily, which is probably something that she said in confidence and, to me. Yeah, and Emily yeah. is in the room oh, too. Yeah. Oh, so she said that in confidence, and I and uh, Kem. But I will literally. Like, Kem, very upset, that. turns and goes. I am hard on Emily because she deserves that. All right. Well, maybe you should tell her. She's right there. <laughs> Well, maybe you should tell her that more often. Tell her what? That she deserves it? She does deserve it. She's a subpar musician. Yes, but you constantly make her cry in closets. Because... Is that, does she deserve that? Sure! <laughs> really? What? <laughs> <laughs> um, <all right. laughs> completely ignoring the actual argument Sorry. at the moment. 
Emily's like mouth is open and she's gaping like yeah, a, the ar- like the a argument set. turns from being about Melodius <clears throat> to being about Emily. Um <laughs> and like a sad, stunned, shocked, betrayed fish. She um, stares and so at it Cam. turns to Emily. And uh, that's and the feign is that as it's turning that way, you have feigned successfully feigned that mm-hmm. that direction. But at the same time, as it as it turns, and we're talking about Emily, um, talking about it turns from Emily, remembering Emily, turning to what Emily has seen, and I use her um, mm-hmm. evidence for it against you, saying that what she has seen is what I have seen, and what they we have seen is what Pete has seen. So, um, like that is. Three of us that have suspicion against you. Last one. Okay. Um, I I think the uh, uh, just kind of the order of manifest spending. Uh, I I think that Frank had the right idea of you choose the card, you roll the dice, you reveal, and that's when you spend it. Otherwise, because you've oh, sort you sort of played your hand. I did. Like by no, spending the manifest. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that makes sense. sense. Add it to the notes. I have a quick aside. Uh, legally in Warda, can humans testify in court? Sure. Yeah, why okay. not? Yeah. Is there is there people. testimony considered legally binding? Yeah, legal yeah. Okay. yeah. They're people. Okay. They have they have legal rights, just not as many. Yeah. Okay. Note, noted, like there's there's parts of the real world where certain individuals do not. Last one. So yeah, you got two wounds from that one. Yeah, you got two wounds from that. This is it. The band's, the band's going to end right now. I'm not gonna do a thing. <laughs> <laughs> the band will break up. Wait, I break up? I don't the wedding. I'm saved! Did not go well. I have could, 17. Could you spend? 17? Could you spend a manifest to re-roll these? No. Okay. Uh, I think the heat of the moment doesn't allow you to mm. re-roll me. Alright, what's your card? Total tie. It's a total tie. So we both lose. Yes, we <laughs> do. Because here's what happens. Um... I am going to invoke, um, inflict an additional wound, but with a social cost. Mm. Um, so I'm going to inflict an additional wound on you. So you take two wounds that time. Okay. What am I, I mean, I've already, I've cut tie, I mean, I've yeah. full on said you're a subpar musician. Yeah, yeah, um, that's, a, that's about to have consequences for you, storytelling wise, regardless of anything else. Okay, so In- let's, let's say that it goes a bit further. That. Oh, so geez. it's not oh, just it's not just that I think you're a subpar musician. I don't think you deserve to be in the band. What? Um, oh. And Coach during and during our as I turn everything from what we believe to you, I begin to and oh, that's even better. My prejudice against humans comes out. Yep. Oh, um, oh I know exactly how my offense is going. And it's and it's not just about that. It's a, I go on to talk about, uh, and it's not prejudice in the sense of I hate humans. It's the prejudice in the sense that I condescend to humans, that they are like sheep that need to be herded and cared for. And how dare you um, ever, ever go against, uh, because I assume, I assume that most of your, your whatever you're doing is against humans and not fae. Because if Cam was in Meliodas's shoes, that's what that's he how, would be that's doing. what I would do. Yeah, okay. um, is because they're they're weak and helpless, and that's exactly what. We're... Oh. So that's that is all of that. Um, just so you okay, okay. So that's 
I gotta take. So what? What did you choose? So I also chose inflicted wound, but with a social cost. Um, so because I wanted to wound you. Oh um, uh, yeah, yeah, you did. You're yeah, the worst. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm the worst. <laughs> Excuse me. In Mel's eyes. So I mean, anyway, it, he it would take more... that. Um, he would let you say what you wanted and let you bury yourself in yeah. this disregard for humans. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just lay into you about the worth of a human, let alone Emily being as amazing as she is at the piano, as incredibly talented considering the fact that no one would want to teach her no fae would try to teach her anything like that on pure talent alone she has gotten this far that being in this band and being a part of this band will only make her more and more talented and that your jealousy of that and that your own personal um oh what's the word for it again you just said it prejudice against humans is stopping her is like halting her from being as great as she can be. You do not get to take the high road here. I'm you not have... taking the high road. I'm taking the honest road. The, on, you, oh, the honest let's road. Let's be honest Emily then. Is probably the most talented musician out of the five of us. That is untrue. But this is what we're going to talk about That's right now. That's because you're no, so no. big-headed. You have killed people. Who? Who do you think I've killed? I don't know. Humans. You don't know. You've humans. Killed, you've killed humans. You've killed, uh, obviously, Solly. You've killed Solly. Where is he? Where is he? Okay, now you're just jumping to conclusions back and forth. Oh, if, oh it's, um, yes, I am jumping to conclusions. But if I killed humans, then why would I kill Solly? He's a, he was a, a fairy, wasn't he? Wasn't he a fairy? I don't know. I don't remember. Maybe you was got, he a fairy? Maybe yes, you got bored. I got bored. I get bored of many things, mostly your music. I haven't killed you yet, have I? I don't think you'd like to try. I don't think you could. Really? Yeah. You don't think I could? No, I don't. You're a cactus. I make fire. You want to go? You want to make me? And he walks out. <laughs> oh, snap. We are in some deep smish. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, let's resolve <laughs> that conflict. Oh, that God. huge conflict that just happened. Um, just so you know, thanks to the conflict that I got into, Emily, earlier, uh, and thanks to the, what you've done to me, I now have a consequence. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Really? Um, I'm going <laughs> to call that... How, how sad for you. I'm going to call that consequence, um, my friends distrust me. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, this whole thing, even though, uh, you, I didn't get what I wanted, which is you to tell the truth, mm-hmm. and you didn't get what I wanted. What, what did you want to get from? What was your goal? I wanted you to stop asking questions. Oh, that's not going to happen. Uh, that's not yeah. going to Which happen. means that I am now on my way to go tell everybody about something. Um, I'm going someplace to go talk to people. Um, and I say that as I leave. I was like, look, if none of you are going to listen, I'm sure the staff will. And I turn mm. around and I walk out. Um, but my consequence is my friends distrust me. Um, so that's, and I'm going to take, from here on, I'm going to take, uh, an additional negative two to my interpersonal. Oh my gosh. Oh, until you resolve until it? Until I resolve it. Wow. Ouch. So, uh, it is, let me, back, oh, you are not good with people. I know. <sighs> um, as of that, you need to mark 
four wounds. So like, what does that mean? So that means that I'm on my way to my next consequence um, already. Mm-hmm. So with five conse- with five wounds, I now have a consequence, which is my friends distrust me, and I take a negative to my interpersonal from here on out. Okay. Um, let's say interpersonal regarding. What do you think? Should it be interpersonal regarding everyone I talk to, or just just us? Just you guys. All right. Yeah. I because I wasn't even there. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm not sure if Pete would be included because he didn't see you like. Make these betrayals. Cool. With it's, so it's with the three of you. All yeah. With um, Mel, M, and Ravani. Cool. Um, so you have four wounds thanks to this. Uh, which means one more. Uh, but what this means then is that I'm on my way to my next consequence. Um, and I think it's also it's a, these emotional, social wounds that I'm taking. Um, I think this next, this, that one, that extra one is an emotional one because I'm upset at myself. Um, because even though, even though Ken feels this way about humans and Emily, um, he still likes Emily and, and that's the hard part for him. And like, it's not that he like, he hates humans. He doesn't. He likes you a lot. It's just he doesn't feel you deserve to be where... He's, al- he's also probably extremely ashamed of his own background. Yeah, because like, he's half-human. Yeah, he, he sees that as like a weakness that he's trying to overcome. He's been trying to overcome that weakness his it, whole life. And it's a weakness that, in his eyes, Emily can never overcome. Because mm-hmm. she's not magical in any way, so... Man, we learned a lot about Cam in that fight. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, how about you? That's four wounds. How are you going to manifest those wounds? Um, honestly, I think he's going to shell himself up. Like, he was getting better at talking with Ravani and all that kind of stuff, and I think he's just, like, going back into the turtle shell. Okay, uh, so, Ken leaves the room. Straight to what does everybody else um, do? Um, Emily's... Things yeah. Goes. Emily's standing there, she looks, like, completely stunned, her face is white. She's not even doing the thing where she, like, normally starts to scrunch up and try and, like, hide that she's beginning to cry. She's not crying, she's just completely uh, shocked and she looks like she's trying to get a grip on herself and finally she looks up at uh, Melodius and says don't know what you're doing but if you're doing something that hurts you or hurts other people you should stop and get out because it's not worth it it's never worth it not even for music and then she walks out of the room Ravani has been kind of in shock this whole time, listening and watching. The whole first section of that played out to her like a drama, and she was just so detached from all of it, mystified by by what was going on. But as soon as they started yelling at each other, it got real for her, and she got very small and very quiet and didn't move until you looked back at her at the end. And then she kind of stretched back up to her normal height and she leaves the room quietly and like shuts the door behind them and goes looking for Pete because he wasn't there for this. Cool. Um, I'm going to end this scene at this point. I think that's the end of the scene. Is everybody walking away from this particular fight? Can, can, can Pete walk back into the room? It's like, oh, Oh, this was in like a no like winter. a like a drawing room. Oh, in, was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, also you're occupied. With, with you. Yeah. Oh, simultaneous is yeah. uh, nope. Yeah, I am definitely yeah. still occupied. You're in the woods doing what 
<laughs> doing what Silvani do. Oh. Pollinating. Scalp massages. Scalp massages. Scalp massages. Scalp massages. <laughs> That's all it is. No, it, no, it really is. It's just, it's a lot of sensual scalp massage. Um, and, yeah, no, I mean... I'm into that. That's yeah. what it is. Uh, it's, Have you ever tried using feet? Ooh. <laughs> There's um, no flowers on it. I will, I will never kink shame you, sir. <laughs> so, so what we're going to do is we're going to... So the next, the next scene, uh, creative control goes to end. Mm-hmm. To, to Alexis. So Alexis, um, tell us the next immediate scene. This is the last scene of this uh, of this chapter. Okay. Um, I do think it would have to happen immediately after as okay. sort of the... Is denouement the right word? Mm-hmm. The, of, of what just happened. Um, and Emily, like, she sort of just wanders downstairs and eventually out of the house and out into the backgrounds and I think she ends up in the the ceremony area like near the the home the tree home tree that this wedding will be around and it's already like set up with all of this uh, all the table uh, all the chairs and the whatever sort of altar they have for mm-hmm. this uh, the Silvani wedding and all the flowers and ribbons and all that fun stuff and even the section for the musicians and since it's not very portable, they want to set it up in advance, the piano is already there. Mm-hmm. So she just goes to the piano and sits down and stares at it for a while, and then eventually she starts to play. And it's... Uh, roll, yeah. roll me an internal. And that's just a d20, right? It's a d20. I just... d20, add your... add your uh, internal. It's a three. It's a three. It's a hard time to like play the music. Uh, you're so riled up yeah. from what happened, and you're you play beautifully, and then you hit a wrong note. You try doing it again, you get a bit further, and then you hit a wrong note, and it's probably the first time maybe um, you can't get through the music. Some it's you just keep seeing Fen Kem's face as he said that you weren't enough. Put my face on the piano with a loud ding. Nice. Uh, are you going for Sooth Cell? Is that what you're... Um, yeah, actually. I would like to do that. Uh, they're one of my archetypes as an artistic uh, character is Sooth Soul. Any internal role uh, at a 4D24, next 12 hours after Soothing Perfect Soul, my own or others. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to uh, activate Sue's soul so that any internal role I make for uh, after soothing my own soul will be at 4D20 for the next call. And here's the here's the question: In rolling that, we we found that you failed at creating music, uh, which is your art. <coughs> um, just for sake of like, this is the first time we're doing this. I'll have you roll again. Um, well, actually, if you want to spend two, you can roll again to see if you can play music because if you can play music then you can get soothed soul yeah go ahead so your head goes on it and uh, tell me what pulls you out of this funk what do you think about or not think about that puts you into the mood to actually be able to play music um, it's 
something from far back in my childhood that was stirred up a little as uh, Meliodas was saying, like, nobody taught her, no Faye would teach her, and that was sort of true, um, but Emily did get to go to a primary school that was run by the Education Guild, like a, a human school, um, and there was the musical director of uh, at that school was a very nice fairy lady uh, who, while she... Her, her idea, because she was a little overwhelmed by how humans thought and how they tended to innovate, she just let them do their own thing. So she had this sort of Montessori attitude. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, which allowed Emily a lot of space to sort of what improvise her own work. Um, mm -hmm. And she did get in a conversation with this teacher at one point, like, about, uh, like, uh, ma'am, you said uh, music was the most important thing in this world. Is, is it more important than magic? Um, and the teacher actually said yes, because this, this teacher was deep, devoted uh, musician, and she said, yes, it is a mundane thing. It's not magical in its base form, but it is a kind of magic, and it can do what magic can do in certain circumstances. And so from that point in time, Emily was thought, well, you know what? I can do music. That means I can do a kind of magic. Music is the mundane magic, and that's something that's sort of pushed her forward. I wrote it down. Uh, because you're sitting there, your head is resting on the keys. You can feel the indentations of the black and white keys on your face. You can feel um, the warm summer night all around you. You can hear cicadas and, and night crickets. Um, and as you're breathing, listening, this memory of being in that school comes back to you. It comes back to you and this... This school is not a, a, a big or important school. It's a one-roomed schoolhouse. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but your teacher, whose name is... Mrs. Forte. Mrs. Forte. Um, you see her face, and you hear her words, and they wash over you, and you straighten yourself up, wipe your face, and you begin to play. And you play beautifully. Um... And perfectly. And uh, what kind of song do you play? Um, it starts out kind of sad and somber, like uh, the ragtime music that would be a precursor to blues, mm -hmm. um, and the sort of melancholy of "Oh, I'm in this this sad and sorry sorry state. Can I pack my troubles and go away?" Mm -hmm. It's that kind of tune. But then it becomes a little more almost snarky and defiant, but not like in a, in an obnoxious way, kind of like a, well, if that's the way it's going to be, then let me look on the bright side and take this shiny train out of town. Cool. So it becomes a little more, a little more jaunty, uh, a little bit more Rhapsody and Blue thrown in. Mm -hmm. And it gets faster and faster mm -hmm. and more beautiful, and it's not even music that you've ever, it's not music that you know. It's music that you are improvising. You are creating at the top of your head. And you go and go and go and build it and build it and it becomes beautiful. Uh, and it carries itself over this, this area across the home tree and across the fields of Evergreen Creek into the forests. And uh, Pete, you can hear the music playing as you and Lady uh, Madame Free Free are um, laying naked in the grass, um, in the woods, just looking at the, at watching the trees sway. 
Um, and you can hear, and you know it's M. You know that's her music. Uh, and you think to yourself, something must have happened. Because she's playing like you've never heard her play before. Usually, usually she'll she'll riff on on different music and, and, and kind of solo within our own pieces, but she never pull out improvises like this very often. Only when something is is truly bothering her to her core that she's able to make music that is so pure and like crystal clear music theory like level of this is this is brilliant this this is on par with the classics to me because it's it's just it's real and raw and and happening right now and i think for for you pete and possibly also for having three three like the the way the music sort of swells and upscales it feels like a very strong but pleasant wind through which you might have like a glowing actually the wind leads off instead of here. It, it feels like treetops, it feels like freedom. Uh, Madame Free Free rolls over to you and goes, Are you alright, my friend? Well, I'm perfectly well, my tiger lily. You have a faraway look at her. Well, not to ruin the moment, but I, that delightful music is our dear M playing the piano in a quite a rare fashion at the moment. Is it? And she like sits up and listens. That's oh, very beautiful. I have a feeling that something must have happened while we've been away. She's not often like this. She usually sticks to the core, but this is... This is coming from her soul. Interesting. Maybe it's something for you. Hmm. Perhaps. Another go, shall we? Well... Fourth time to jump. Done. 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 Perfect. Perfect. Um, excellent. Uh, we're going to end that scene. Um, so you've just done Soothe Soul. Yes. Um, so now that you've soothed your soul, what can you do now? All right. Uh, for the next 12 hours, which, uh, what, what time is it at night? That's like 2 o'clock. Okay. So until 2 p.m. the following day, um, any internal roll I make uh, will be at a 4d20 instead of just the 1d20. Cool. Which is pretty cool. Um, I'm also going to say you can remove two wounds. I will remove two wounds, which puts me back down to two. That's very nice. <laughs> okay. All right. Nice That's the end of the chapter. What? Yeah. That's the, the end of, of chapter one. End of episode. The Ballad of the Open Pages was recorded at Gen Con 2018 and features Alexis Cohen-Penna as Emily Smith, J.R. Rubin as Petrofeard Wood, Frank Gasparro as Meliodius Lamar, Allie Grauer as Ravani, 
and Drew Merzieski as Kem Briscoll and narrator. The theme for Warder was written by Arnie Parrott. He can be found at atptunes.com. Additional music was written by Kevin McLeod and can be found at incompetech.com. Sounds were provided by freesound.org. Warda is a part of the OneShot Podcast Network. If you're looking for something new to listen to, try A Woman with Hollow Eyes. A Woman with Hollow Eyes is a podcast adaptation of OneShot's live-stream dramatic Invisible Sun actual play. Discover a world of magic, secrets, and supernatural civic disputes in our unique take on Saturine. In the first season, James D'Amato, Cat Cool, and SNL writer Alan Linnick are led on a mind-bending adventure by GM Darcy Ross. Even if you already saw the streams, you want to listen to the podcast for the incredible soundtrack composed and edited by Will Lovendahl. Get it by searching for A Woman With Hollow Eyes or Darcy Ross on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Welcome to Warda and support what we do at patreon.com slash whimsyartifice. Without you, none of this world would be possible. That's all for now. Thank you for listening.